Hello everyone, wishing all of you an amazing and planet-friendly year ahead. We are in our fourth episode of Green Shoots, the sustainability podcast. Two words that we take away from your feedback are engaging and informative, which is exactly what we want to be. We will continue our conversation with Richard today and understand what can different participants in the value chain do to make the ecosystem more environment friendly. That includes you as well. For those who missed out on our previous episode, I'll briefly introduce Richa once again. Richa Malik is the CEO of The Happy Turtle, an organization working in a number of ways to help us understand and delete plastic from our lives. Her life's mission is to help organizations be more environment friendly. So let's go to the studio where Tanya and Richa are waiting for us to continue the conversation. So, Richa, why don't you tell us something about Plastic Free July? I think both uh, Kinshuk and I got to hear of it first from you. And I didn't realize it was a big thing, at least in, in the West, it was something that they do every year. So, tell us a bit more about what you've been doing around this and uh, what successes have you seen over the past few years? Okay, so Plastic Free July is basically a movement that started in Perth in Australia about 11 or 12 years ago. And it was again started by a well-meaning individual that uh, she was like, okay, if it's not possible for people to give up plastic all through, then kind of like when people give up something for Lent for a month, they can try to give up plastics for a month. And uh, I'm not sure why she chose July, but I don't know. I'm sure she had her reasons for choosing July, maybe lesser holidays in Australia or something. But uh, that's how the movement started. And uh, within a decade, it had reached some hundred odd countries and, you know, with, and it's a voluntary movement. So it's not a movement around uh, you have to buy products or you have to uh, throw out products of your house because the most sustainable product is definitely the one that you already have. The idea around Plastic Free July is can you avoid getting more plastic altogether? Can you live for a month without plastic? If you have plastic in your home, keep reusing it. Can you try and not generate plastic trash as much as possible? Can you try? minimizing and seeing that you are able to reduce the amount of plastic because if you can do it for a month they kind of say right that 21 days to break a habit so if you can do it for a month you've already broken a few bad habits so then it becomes quite easy to catch on for us with plastic free july uh, so we launched our uh, store in june three years ago uh, so which was on world environment day and the very next month was plastic free july so we did a bit of awareness in terms of and in India, of course, it was very small at that time. Like, Plastic Free July is still not very big in India. But we basically tried to do things around, can people just understand what Plastic Free July means and things that they can do in their own household in, you know, Desi Nuskas and Nani Nuskas and Indian uh, ways of household uh, maintenance in that sort of a manner. So we did simple things like, can you stop using cling film and put, you know, steel bartan as a dakkan instead of using a shrink wrap in the fridge? Can you use uh, your thela that is that we sure every household has instead of getting a plastic bag itself? So we basically adopted these simple nuskas that people would relate to because they've grown up to it, they've seen their parents or their grandparents do it, or probably they've done it themselves as well. That's how we started. That just try from these baby steps and stuff. It worked pretty well. This year, Plastic Free July is going quite well, not just for us, but we see so many organizations talking about it, whether they're working in the composting field whether they're working in waste management whatever field they're working in plastic free july kind of becomes this one effort where everybody comes together and talks about just trying to give up plastics for a month so it helps introduce you know a lot of well-meaning individuals to more sustainable practices 
because everybody is coming up with their different ideas with their different ways of doing it so you get a lot of so you know it's kind of like small businesses adding up their effort for one mainstream thing so there i feel it kind of becomes at least a little bit comparable to uh big marketing budget spends because suddenly all your marketing spends are happening on one cause alone so it helps raise some information about plastic and a good cause yeah, absolutely since you mentioned some big companies participating in this initiative um tell us about some of the brands that you admire in the startup slash small business space whose products are making a real difference um also are there any major manufacturers that you think are putting in noteworthy effort into shifting gears towards greener practices in india when we talk about i think especially the sustainable products and the eco friendly products there aren't many big names as such for sustainable products uh, startups because we're all still very small like at the time when i started there was probably just one more company at that time so now there's a few but again um, some of them have some product assortment which is not sustainable i would say so all of their products are sustainable is a question mark there are companies like so there's a company a very small startup in hyderabad called odi sapo who make cold press soaps etc uh where you know the soaps are packaged plastic free the shampoo bars are plastic free the hair conditioners are vegan essential oil concentrates etc in glass bottles and stuff who i feel are doing a good job but then i realized that they were using palm oil in some of their soaps now palm oil is another issue because india is actually the largest importer of palm oil in the world and the largest consumer of palm oil in the world and palm oil is we, we, we I, i'm sure we all know the impact it's having in indonesia and the smartran rainforest and the orangutans that we almost wiped out of uh, the, the entire country Existence. yeah <laughs> and uh, and that's where uh, for me i personally draw a line where if a product is using palm oil i try not to use it but it's very difficult to do because then you have to switch so many habits cuz palm oil is ubiquitous right now even the like yeah. the detergent that we're using of course has palm oil but i think if i look at my own product assortment mm-hmm. that would probably be the only one which is now left with palm oil and it took me two and a half years to get there but so if people can make do with that little bit of palm oil yeah or this app was a good company but then there's another company called uh, stone soup which doesn't use palm oil in their soaps there's another startup called earth rhythm which doesn't use palm oil in their soaps but all their other personal care products are packaged in plastic so you can you'll have to pick and choose you know okay. like and like like i said right it's, it's all imperfect you're not never going to find a perfectly sustainable product even for us uh, everything i we make is completely plastic free but our toothbrushes have a nylon bristle in them and that's by choice because i'm not going to use bioplastics at all because for me that's utter and total green washing of for consumers and we choose to use nylon and we choose to tell our customers that hey this is nylon this you need to pull out before you discard the bristles but then is it a perfectly plastic free supply chain no because we do have the bristles in it so is the same with other companies where you'll have one product or the other where you will be able to find some points which you don't agree with and that's absolutely fine but as long as that company is doing well beyond uh, you know like normal efforts and they're making an extra effort to be or go an extra mile to be sustainable for sure that makes a difference but what i feel you, uh, what unilever started doing well is the refill model and i think they've just started a test in india as well for it uh, which is uh, basically providing shampoos and uh, household cleaners etc in those big tubs etc where you can re- like your dispensers and stuff where you can refill bottles out of it and uh, ideally you can bring your bottle from home just refill that and then take it in your own packaging is etc which continues from the zero waste store concept so a lot of the zero uh, in fact india has a few zero waste stores now adrish and a couple of others 
but again they were expensive so can we go back to our old kirana bhaiyas who have you know dals in the bada bada drums and tins etc even big bazaar does it they have dals in the tin uh, in the big tins and the big drums so of course there's these small bits and pieces which i think work well um Unilever with the refill model Garnier launched a shampoo bar in a metal tin Colgate launched the bamboo toothbrush first before Oral B and uh, Colgate also launched a completely recyclable uh, toothpaste tube Unilever as far as i know in india have replaced their sachets also to single layered sachets for their shampoos which is at least a step in the right direction it's still sachets sadly but at least it makes the sachets recyclable so that's a step in the right direction but yeah if a company is making a true change on their packaging a true change on their product configuration that i think is a good effort like i think dove launched a metal refillable deodorant stick as well in in the us speaking of plastic versus metals um i remember reading a very interesting report a while back on how the manufacturing of glass metal or even paper packaging for that matter is much more energy intensive than plastic This kind of throws into question on which kind of packaging is really the better choice for us. What is your view on this? Uh what do you think of the short term versus the long term impact of each of these materials? So um so when when you look at studies which talk about one part of a product, I think I would look at them in a from a cynical lens because you need to look at something called a life cycle assessment of a product or a packaging. So life cycle right. assessment basically means from the sourcing of the raw material till the time the product has been thrown away and that waste has been managed and then it has gone back into production or it has gone and become waste for the rest of its life and will have an emissions footprint so when you look at an overall life cycle assessment the production life cycle you're absolutely right production life cycles for plastic is lower than glass and metal because metal obviously has a mining footprint and glass obviously has the high temperature footprints etc but when you add the biggest footprint actually in most cases is the logistics footprint so glass actually loses out in these cases because glass being heavy has a higher logistical footprint and that's where when you look at solutions of single use with glass they will never work out glass works out when your logistics footprint is smaller so so local uh, solutions of glass like a local milk coming to your doorstep in a glass bottle is definitely going to be better than supermarket shelves filled with glass bottles of milk because that's come from a longer distance so uh you need to think of that part as well and then finally you need to look at the actual practical end of life scenario because a lot of these life cycle assessment studies take into consideration what percentage is recyclable so they assume very aggressive numbers for plastic recycling something with a tune of oh ldp is easy to recycle so 60% or 70% is recycled that's not the case even in a best case scenario no more than 25 to 30% of ldp is recycled because you get contaminated waste so it will it will not get recovered the recovery is much less in case of glass again if we apply the indian mindset we don't see many people throwing glass away you see them either handing it over to a kabadi wala or putting a money plant in it or making it into a flower vase or something or the other right so the waste disposal for glass is much lower the recycling for transparent glass in india was higher sadly the pandemic has impacted that a lot and it's come down a lot but the recycling for glass used to be quite high and hopefully going forward the glass to sand solutions that are coming up in india as well now will pick up pace so recyclability again adds in there of course recycling a product again has its own carbon footprint so you again have to look at things like what is a recycling footprint etc but if the more you can recycle something the more your resource recovery is on a packaging material the more eco friendly it will become and finally metal aluminium tin all of these metal packaging have the highest recycling rate in the world 
take any country take india take any given country metal has the highest recycling which means the and metal also the a recycled metal saves much more energy versus fresh virgin metal and most of the in fact 65% of cans that you drink your uh, coke or pepsi etc in are recycled so imagine like somebody in 1960s would drink was drinking out of the same material can and you're drinking out of it even now because it can be recycled infinitely as well plastic can or plastic can only be recycled 3 to 4 times correct so that's where i feel that metal starts winning out a lot in terms of recyclability logistics footprints carbon footprints etc of course mining has its own impact but the moment i add the waste uh, scenario lens to it that what is causing pollution i don't think metal causes that much pollution glass is definitely yes a problem and broken glass is definitely a bigger problem metal packaging the only issue is the re- uh, the uh, reactivity of it because most of these packagings are reactive so there's always a film of plastic inside but it, that doesn't hamper with the recycling of that metal so for me i feel that the moment you will add the pollution and the waste scenario problem plastic is a very big problem right now because not only is it causing a problem in terms of emissions and this is where an lc impact study cannot be looked at just lc impact you have to look at the harm that it's causing to human health you have to look at the harm that it's causing to uh, wildlife to sea life to marine life and you have to look at the entire ecological impact which is far worse than just the emissions because it's a futuristic emissions impact problem as well that's where i feel like which is why sustainability becomes a very complex way of looking at things and you know you have to and that's why i always say like it's not going to be perfect so you have to always pick and choose and ask yourself questions that okay if i do this is it better than doing that and your answer may not always be right and that's okay like you don't have to be hard on yourself right but as long as you're trying it's it counts wow thank you i have never felt more overwhelmed in life yeah sadly it is lcs studies and i i could i could see kinshuk thinking of the last 20 products that he had bought and what kind of packaging that he had had uh, come no up. but that's a good start right yeah. asking the questions is the is the right start yeah. so don't be hard on yourself Tanya said this thing that she will be old and she'll still be asking these questions. Four years of doing only this and I still have more questions so don't worry doesn't end. This is a lot of information and some of this is conflicting. You spoke about plastic but then there is palm oil then there is metal and then there the lining in the metal. What role can retailers play in driving information and driving change in the sustainability space? So um when you say retailers do you mean retailers uh, like organized retail or do you mean like even the small retail store everyone as in organized of course but even general trade like as a model where the where the rubber hits the road where the shoppers come and you know interact with the products I think actually that's a very interesting um, question and I'm going to be quite wishful in my list of things that I think retailers can do one is of course the information asymmetry something that can be very well addressed at a shelf like if you know that okay a particular brand is more sustainable than another brand can you not call it out as these are our sustainable heroes or eco hero brands and if you choose these you're making a better impact and better choice for the environment incentivize purchase on those brands like you know giving people discounts or loyalty points etc on those brands which are more eco friendly more sustainable organized retail i think is also a very good point for reverse logistics is some brand willing to partner on accepting bottles like the body shop did a program on accepting all sorts of plastic packaging not just body shops but all sorts of uh, shampoo and personal care packaging at their stores and then they recycle this so most of body shop packaging now has shifted to recycled plastics so can that be extended to you know multi brand retail outlets and making them partner with other brands because and that's something that i'm sure even uh, 
the brands would appreciate considering the extended producer responsibility laws so they do need to show that they're recycling a certain percentage so can maybe can a store partner with let's say a unilever or a png or somebody and say hey we will accept all plastic waste uh, that people want to bring back to the store can you take it and get it recycled and they would i'm sure they would be more than happy to do that and does it give the customer and a place to you know ensure that the waste is getting recycled absolutely because a lot of times like even if you ask me right now right for whatever area you live in where do you give your plastic waste it will take me also time to figure out is there a good organized recycler there versus a fmcg giant will have a pro tie up they will know that this is the recycler this the recycler has an incentive to pick that plastic so it does help in the reverse logistics part of uh, plastics a lot i think doing away with plastic bags and those small plastic bags for taking your uh, dolls etc in as well that's definitely an easy answer doing away with straws doing away with even if you're providing beverages not providing it in paper cups providing the option of letting people bring their reusables to the store so you know if somebody wants to pick up their dolls in their own bags let them do it letting and there's always people standing around in retail stores to ensure there's no you know like there's lesser pilferage etc happening so why can't people bring their own bags for doing that and of course making sure all all the promotional material in a in a retail store is plastic free whatever POSM is coming from brands is handed back that they are made responsible to take it back and recycle it you know and a lot of i think a lot of it is also just calling out over and over again that okay if anybody is making eco friendly choices you can help them and not not just help them by selling them products on that but help them by giving them information that okay yeah visit our website or visit our store and this is where you can figure recyclers out or this is where you can figure sustainable brands that we tie up with this is where you can figure them out can you support startups you know like companies like mine can never afford to be in uh, in an organized retail store because the margins and the supply chains are very st- expectations are very high can there be flexibility in that so that you can offer you know uh, local products local start- uh, support local startups in a way that it pushes the sustainable product as well and i think doing away with generic plastic products like plastic cups plastic plates plastic bowls etc the disposable ones and replacing it with arekanad bagasse agri waste a lot of it is already made in india so supporting those businesses and putting them up in the store and of course happy to bundle it all together by <laughs> telling each store that okay this is how much plastic we saved or recycled every month so then there's data available to people which sadly other people don't make away other businesses wow rija that's a lot of ideas and a lot of this is doable thanks for that it requires intent of course but tell me are there profitable models in sustainability or are there only compromise products and compromise business models so uh, in terms of profitability we are a profitable startup as well so we're a bootstrap startup uh, i'm not burning money into the company thankfully and <laughs> not anymore so yes profitability in sustainable businesses is possible uh, but as we scale it up yes this question is something that remains that as you scale these operations up can the profitability be maintained and can it be done successfully for a very long time uh which again depends on the you know how many adopters you get for these categories of product to the when you talk about uh compromised products i think there will always be a certain level of compromise done by companies and not just from a profitability standpoint i think it's also from the standpoint of what's acceptable because suddenly if you have a let's say a shampoo bar which starts getting soggy and you have to take certain extra steps in your bathroom to take care of it there is not going to be a very high percentage of people that will go for it they might buy it the first time but they may not buy it second time so that's where i think a lot of compromise also comes in which is which is also the reason why a lot of companies use palm oil etc in their shampoo bars or soap bars is because it maintains the consistency and the lather etc 
we've been conditioned to think that if there's lather if there's no lather the product is not clean which is again not the case so because when you use a natural product you'll realize it doesn't lather i make my own tooth powder that i don't i've not had lather in my mouth for i think 3 years now <laughs> so and i'm used to it now but initially it used to feel very weird that you're brushing your teeth and you're sleepy and you're brushing your teeth but there's no foam etc right so it's a little bit of a habit change as well where i think the compromise occurs that you have small steps of habit change versus a, a sudden drastic habit change because not everybody will uh, switch to that but maintaining a high level product and providing it at a reasonable cost and making money out of it i think i think as a, the, the target consumer base will increase i think that will be possible because china is doing it yeah. with their bamboo toothbrushes with their bamboo straws with a lot of their bamboo products they're doing it very successfully because they're exporting it all over they have mechanized systems of production um india is the second largest producer of bamboo but we're doing we're hardly doing anything in terms of mechanized bamboo products so if we can catch up on mechanized bamboo production of course the production rates will come down you can train the same rural artisans to do it and keep earning a livelihood and uh, you know you can uh, and then of course drive it much further but yeah and without compromising the quality as the economies of scale will catch up on it will definitely happen how do you make your own toothpaste tooth powder oh so uh, uh, there's seven ingredients <laughs> so one tea- it's it's a simpler one thankfully it's one teaspoon each uh neem powder amla powder uh, cinnamon cinnamon powder uh rock salt baking soda and one table one teaspoon of haldi turmeric and uh, one teaspoon of clove powder so seven teaspoons every month i'll send She it to send you it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no turmeric powder would go against what a toothpaste and a tooth powder is supposed to do right no it's antibiotic right and it doesn't uh, the yellowing part is it doesn't happen you're not soaking your teeth in haldi oh. as much and it's one oh. teaspoon out of seven right. teaspoons so it, it's not that much richa anything you think is important for us to know which has not been covered so far no i think we covered quite a lot of things I think just to uh, make you feel less uh, stressed about sustainability uh, I think I would just give this one I don't know a dipstick sort of a way of looking at things that it's just you just start by wasting lesser and trying to just ask yourself if you really actually need a product versus you want a product so you know like can you make things last longer can you make repair things can you refuse to buy a certain thing and trying to reduce the amount of money you spend on things and you know like trying to reduce consumption of everything in general just wasting lesser and using lesser is a very good way of starting on sustainability thank you and my favorite part is where you said that the most sustainable product is the one that you have already that's like a lifestyle mantra thank you so much it was an amazing session it was very entertaining and very informative at the same time i have learned a lot in the session there is so much reference material stuff to read up ideas to think about absolutely amazing session and it was great to catch up with you i'm really glad uh, to hear that very happy to help <laughs> thank you so much richa this was a super fun and interesting conversation we've learned so much and i'm sure you'll inspire a lot of our listeners into taking their first steps towards a greener lifestyle it's quite a good discussion i'm very happy for the for and actually hearing about uh, even things that retail can do and seeing this inclination is quite uh, encouraging for me so it's Quite a good discussion. Thank you so much, Richa. Listeners love your forthcoming attitude and the way you share opinion and facts about plastic-free life. We wish to see you very soon once again. Thank you. To know more about what Richa does, you must visit 
thehappyturtle.in. Make sure you take the plastic footprint calculator quiz. It will help you understand some of the basic things that you can change in your lifestyle to live more sustainably. Thank you for the positive responses, feedbacks and please continue writing to us. You can reach us at greenshoots.pehle at gmail.com. That's greenshoots.pehley at gmail.com. We will see you again soon with something very engaging and very entertaining. Please keep supporting us with all the love. Thank you.